Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The payment of job seek for job seekers allowance will return to the post office in line with the easing of COVID restrictions. According to the Social Protection Minister, Heather Humphreys, uh, the changes will initially apply to all job seeker applicants uh, before being extended to other job seekers over the coming months. Ms. Humphrey said it would create a more business it would create more business for branches, but also help to tackle social welfare fraud as individuals will have to present at the local post office. When public health restrictions were introduced in 2020, people in receipt of social welfare were given the option of being paid into their bank account directly to avoid them having to go out or go to the post office and intermix with other people. This was an exceptional measure to help reduce the spread of the virus and ensure people could comply with social distancing guidelines. And Ms Humphrey said that the change would mean more people would be coming into the post office to collect their payments. That increase in footfall in the post offices uh, also increases businesses. Of course, post offices now, many of them survive on that business from the Department of Social Protection. It also has another advantage in terms of uh, people have to come and present, essentially. Uh, We've heard media reports and we know of instances where people are collecting or were collecting their payments who weren't actually even in the country. And that has to be stopped, obviously, because during the COVID-19 pandemic, fraud was a lot easier for people when it came to social welfare. So now you must present in your post office to get the payment. Uh, and, you know, and basically what they want to see who the person is and the right payment is being paid to the right person at the right time. However, she said the majority of people who receive a social welfare payment deserve it. Uh, and, of course, the people who are out of work or people who deserve the payment absolutely do deserve it. Ms Humphreys added, uh, there are those who try to commit fraud in the system and that's wrong. We have a special investigations unit and we'll continue to follow up on reports that we get from the general public, reports we get from employers and also we work very closely with Ngarda Shiakana and have been qu- there have been quite a number of people caught that shouldn't be claiming the benefits and we continue to pursue them and get the money back. Now, leaving all that aside and the reason why they're doing it, which to me is quite obvious, many groups have been calling for years in relation to this, and they were delighted with the change during the pandemic, that it would go into a bank account, that they didn't have to go to the post office, because they believe it's humiliating. And they've called on the minister to remove the, uh, or to basically bring back the online payment option, as they say, asking people to go and collect their payment from the post office, or in person, anywhere, like the old dole offices years ago, is humiliating for the payment receiver. It has always had to be collected, as I know, and that, uh, you know, that was welfare's way of controlling the validity of the person who was actually collecting it. But some people believe that that's humiliating. And not all payments are paid through the post office, by the way. Some payments you can get online. Um, but job seekers is one that you have to collect at the post office. And the idea of that is to control the payment, to make sure the people who are collecting it are the people who they say they are because they have to produce identification, etc., etc. And that's the way we control it. But some people would say, well, hold on for a second, this is 2022. This is not the 1970s where people piled into a dole office on Gardner Street in Dublin or wherever it happened to be, uh, like peasants to collect their few shillings from the government. They're saying it's a different time, it's a different world. We need to stop humiliating people and marginalising people who may be out of work currently at the moment. And comparison to some what we would have had of an unemployment benefit going back in the 1970s and 80s, we're nowhere near those kind of levels. Even during the pandemic, we never went anywhere near those kind of levels. So at the moment in this country, there's probably about 120, 130,000 people unemployed. That's a really low level considering we've just had the worst uh, problem in employment in the last two years than we probably had in the history of the state. And before the pandemic, we had 6% unemployment. You're not going to get lower than that because sadly, the 6% of the population 
and I'm not talking about disability or invalidity or people who can't work, there are 6% of the population who don't want to work, who find it easier to live off social welfare. And that's always going to be the case. So you will never get 0% unemployment, but we had the best we ever had in 2019. And we will get back to that again within the coming months because most businesses will reopen. Um, But the question is, if you are unemployed, should you have to go and collect it in person? Or should it be paid to you online? Uh, The argument is, it's humiliating because people see you there in the post office in the queue. Oh, there's John collecting his dole. Yeah, yeah, never worked a day in his life. Look at the state of him. Look at him, drunk as usual, into the bookies afterward. So that's the argument. It's humiliating. So I want to ask you, is it unfair are embarrassing to ask people to collect their payments rather than be paid into their bank account because there are groups out there who are currently calling on the minister to basically remove this barrier, as they call it. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. They claim, by the way, there are people who don't claim the payment because it's too humiliating to go and collect it. I don't believe that. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. Is it embarrassing or humiliating to have to go and collect your payment? And you will have to do that, by the way, just to remind everybody who's on job seekers currently at the moment, some through no fault of their own, um, you've been getting it into your bank account during the pandemic, you will have to go back to collecting it from the post office in the coming weeks. All right, let me go to Anthony first. Anthony, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anthony? Hi, how are you? Good. Anthony, is it embarrassing or humiliating to go and with your cap in hand into the post office and look for your 206 euro or whatever it is? Not really, because I have to go to work five, six, sometimes seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually delighted to get my wages rather than, than being humiliated. Yeah, um, you don't have to knock on your boss's door and look for an envelope, do you? You know, I mean, it gets paid into your bank account. Well, I, I actually used that. I was damn glad. I was getting mm-hmm. paid in cash and I preferred now into my bank account. Yeah. Because I knew at the end of the week what I had. But, you know, it'll do people good to get out the boat. It'll probably create more jobs in the counters and on post. Um, I'm after leaving a shop where the manager is serving. It's a supermarket. He's serving behind the counter because he can't get staff. There's another shop down the road. They're closing early because they can't get staff. And, you know, if these people were out and about going into the post office, maybe they'll see the vacancy sign. Maybe they go in and get the job. Mm. It was all good to get out and about. Yeah. I've done it. Like I, I, I drew the wall for about four weeks in my youth. Um, and I used to have to go down to the barracks to sign on and Did, go up to the post office. Were, you, hu- you, were you humiliated? I signed on for three weeks when I was 20 years of age. <laughs> um, was it all back then? It, it was. We used to call it the labour. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, it was in Gardner Street in Dublin. But I remember they, I, they reviewed my case after two weeks and wouldn't give me anything because my father worked in the airport. So they wouldn't, and I was still living at home, so they wouldn't give me anything. They'd give me seven pounds, I think, or something like that. And I said, sure, stuff it. It would cost me more than that to come in and collect it. So, I have a few funny stories like that. But yeah. um, I had a friend two years ago, his, his friend uh, advised him to, get, to look for a review. And when he looked for a review, they took it all off him completely as well. But yeah, I think it's good. People get out and about. We all need to do stuff like this, you know. There are plenty of courses going at the moment. The government are actually brilliant, I think, at the moment with the amount of courses. I've seen some aimed specifically at women as well to try and get them back into the workforce or, or upskill and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's great. Um, Do they, well, but what about these groups that are, are saying that it's, you know, that, that during the last two years, of course, it was paid into everybody's bank account to avoid people getting out and about in, into post offices. And they're saying this was the ideal situation. They'd been calling for this for years. And I did this topic about four years ago. And I, I can't remember if it was the Social Democrats or it was somebody. It may, may not have been them. It was somebody anyway was demanding they paid it into the bank accounts. But 
they say because it's humiliating or it embarrasses people because, you know, Johnny or Mary, who might be temporarily out of work, has to go into the post office and they're standing there with cap in hand and now the neighbours are looking at them going, oh, there he is on his dole again, collecting his money every week, never did a day's work in his life. You know, and they believe they're a little bit humiliated. And some people say they wouldn't even collect us because of that, because of that reason. Well, I think we've gone beyond that because if somebody's in the post office, they're either doing a bit of business or maybe on uh, if this will probably be paid days opposite to the pension. So a lot of people have been in there collecting their welfare. So I don't think it's humiliating by any means. But I saw a case on Facebook where somebody complained that, you know, it wasn't fair on people living out the country that they'd have to go into town and collect their money. It's like there are hardly any shops left out the country. Let's go into town to shop. Yeah. So, I so think maybe they might, these... they might spend as while they're in there. It, you know, that is a very good point, yeah. And instead of maybe shopping online, they might buy something creative, more jobs. Mm. Same amount of money is going around in the recession as there is in, you know, boom times. It's just the fact that it doesn't move quick enough. I mean, you made a good point there about, you know, being in your local shop and the manager was working behind the deli counter, whatever it was, because he can't get the staff. And I've noticed that too in a lot of shops around. And I know a lot of restaurants are still struggling to open during the day because, again, they can't get the staff to fill all the shifts. And there is a lot of people still on job seekers. And I don't, particularly in the kind of age group of 18 to 25, and I don't understand why that we have so many people unemployed in that in that cohort in that age group when there's jobs hanging out well, in the ceiling. We, we, all, stage. we all had to take on uh, menial jobs when we were young, or even at other times, take on menial jobs. But like as I said, there are a lot more courses going um, and for upskilling, so they don't just have to take a job at the minimum wage if they don't want it. But we all have to start somewhere. Like in forty hours at ten fifty a week, you know, is well over four hundred quid a week. So yeah, yeah. it's not bad money. And the last thing I'll say is. I had a guy in recently, a um, truck driver, and I just said to him, it's a quiet time of year for you. It was before Christmas, well, maybe September, because, you know, pre the lull, the new cars coming. And he said, no, he said, it's not. He said, because said, four of our drivers, he said, are gone back. He mentioned the countries they're gone back to, and he said, they're drawing the PUP in whatever country they're in. And he said, more than likely, they're working. So for anyone that says it's embarrassing or degrading, it's also embarrassing on the likes of me, working hard, paying, wa- paying tax to pay somebody to live in, Whatever the country. European country, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know the minister has said this, that, you know, that unfortunately during the pandemic it gave people the opportunity to commit fraud uh, because, you know, people who were claiming the payments uh, and getting it into the bank account weren't even in the country. And she, she has highlighted that. And that will put a stop to that because you'll have to be there in person and produce your identification, et cetera, et cetera. So that's good. Exactly. A lot, of that, a lot of people will suddenly disappear off the list in the coming weeks, I imagine. And it will actually stop the people who are maybe working as well um, mm. they'll have to take a half-day week out now to go and, and sign on, whatever. You know, do, do you think that's as common as it used to be? You know, the, the lad or the, the girl, more so the lad, I suppose, well, many years ago, the lad kind of working on the building site and then running off to collect his dole halfway through the day, you know, uh, who was basically in cash. Do you, th- do you think that's still a thing? No. Is it still happening as much? You no, know, not as much. No, I wouldn't say so. You know, most employers now have to pay people um, through the books because they're getting paid through the books. You know, they have to balance things out. So I wouldn't say it's... It's as big a problem. But it is still a small percentage they're doing it. Yeah, the black economy, as they call it, still exists to some degree. Now, by the way, I did read an article uh, you know, from an economist going back about two or three years ago there, and he spoke about the importance of the black economy. Uh, and it is, it is important that we have, I, although illegal, it is important that we have that economy, that cash economy out there as well. That is an important part of our economy. Without doubt, because if you want to let in for one day a week or one day every now and again, mm-hmm. you're hardly going to set up a business and 
you know, give them, if you have a lad today and you want them to do a little bit of work in the house, you can't just manage yourself. And ask them for an invoice. Yeah. Give me an invoice and I'll pay it directly into your bank. Can you imagine your local plumber coming to fix your boiler now and you say, yeah, can you give me an invoice and I'll pay it straight into your bank account? Would that be fair Yeah, enough? and you give him 50 or 60 quid and then you have to go along and, and set up something with an accountant to pay him and yeah, yeah. push your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll be happening. Well, all right, well, listen, thanks, Anthony. I appreciate we'll it. Okay, Anthony believes absolutely no. It's no big deal whatsoever. For God's sake, he has to go and get his wages every week there was a time of course he would have had to go with cap in hand with his little pay packet with the cash in it he didn't mind I mean it's your money you're getting your money for free but some people believe that it is humiliating and it's dehumanising uh, because you're putting them into a category of unemployed but I want to know how you feel about it should you have to go and collect your money or should it be automatically put into your account well, in fairness there's some genuine people seeking employment they, shouldn't, they should not be ashamed to go down and collect any payment it's the ones that have been on it for absolute ever I actually seen a guy when I was out and about today, and from the time we left school, I'm in my 40s, he has never had a job. And I mean never. He's been on disability, the dull. Disability, the dull. Maybe it might shame some of them into getting off their asses and getting a job, because there are some on that who shouldn't be on it. Couldn't agree with you more. There certainly are some people uh, on social welfare who shouldn't be on social welfare. I think everybody might know somebody. Uh, let me know what you think. The number is 87 8 That's 87 Maybe if you had the option of getting the paid into your bank or going into the post office. If you go into the post office, you get it. But if you get it paid into your bank, you have to do 20 hours community service a week or something. You know, you earn your money. Christ. <laughs> earn your money, Christ. Why, you have to do community service to have it paid into your bank account. Like... Kind of some kind of punishment, I suppose. All right, okay, fair enough. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. Do you believe that job seekers should be paid straight into your bank account? God, I'm 23 years of age. I take offence to the remark you made about young people on the social welfare. Oh, well, you can take offence if you... I'm so... Oh, I'm so done with people taking offence. I really am. I watched some great um, news reports last night in relation to Jimmy Carr and that whole debacle that's going on over there and people taking offence. I'm done with you taking offence. If you're aged between 18 and 25 years of age, currently at the moment you get 100 quid, isn't it, on the dollar? I think you get 100 quid aged between 18 and 25. Well, 18 and 24, under 25, so to speak. And you've no dependents, right? As far as I'm concerned, if you're 18 to 25 and you're not in college, you're not in full-time education, and you have no dependents, and you're capable of working, i.e. you're not on disability or invalidity, um, you shouldn't be getting the dough. Because there's plenty of jobs out there. Somebody says, no, I don't believe these people when they say there's no jobs. Everywhere I go, I see signs up in restaurants. I see signs up in bars and shops looking for staff. I couldn't agree with you more. You're not going to get the job of your dreams at 19 years of age. You're just not, most likely. So everybody has to do that stepping stone employment where you pop into a shop, a restaurant, a bar, whatever it is, work a cuff off for a few years till you do something better. It's always easier to get a job when you're in a job. So, yes, the, I, I don't care if you take offence to what I said. What I'm saying is, those under the age of 25, between 18 and 24 currently, who get the 100 quid, if you have no dependents and you're living at home with your parents, which most are, you should not be getting the dole. Get out and get a job. Minimum wage nowadays at that age is 10, 50 or whatever it is, an hour, somebody mentioned already, that's 400 quid a week. It's plenty of money for you. Get out and get a job. There are jobs now. There are plenty of them. that, That excuse doesn't wash anymore. It did last year, of course, but now it doesn't wash. Everywhere is back open again. So go out and get a job. You don't deserve the dole, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned. Now, maybe you disagree with me, by the way. Maybe you have a child at home who is claiming social welfare and it's their only way of getting money and you believe there's no jobs out there. 
I'd like to hear from you because I, I don't believe that's true. Uh, Mark, you're on Ireland's Classic Hits. How are you doing, Mark? Not too bad, man, I think. Sorry, um, I, went, I went on a bit of a roll there, Mark. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Fair point there as well. Like, I started a job when I was 18. I still, like, worked all my way. I'm 31 now. Mm-hmm. Every day since. And I haven't had a social payment taken in ever. Good. Um, even though at some point I was in a position to claim one, I refused to do so, unfortunately, you know, because I was too proud to do so. You know, well, well, no, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. If you are at a sticky point in your life and, you you know, a transition period where you lose your job and you're trying to get another one, that's what social welfare is for. And you should claim it because you're paying I tax. I know, and the, you know. The, the, the taxes that I put in definitely, you know, would be entitled to do so. I did at that time. I probably do, a, you know, do it differently if I was to do it again. My point is uh, there could be kind of a midpoint between um, preventing social care fraud and having people, you know, not dragged out first week they're unemployed, go to the post office and they feel like they, you know, they failed or something. So maybe there should be a system where you lose your job, you apply, and maybe for two months you get it in your bank account until you kind of, you know, make peace with the idea that you don't have a job yet and, you know, the things are, are a bit different now. Okay. Maybe in those two months you get another job and then that's you off the hook, you know, so to speak. And then after that, to prevent any fraud and prevent people living abroad and using Irish taxpayers' money, which, you know, um, I contributed for the last 10 years. So uh, get them to be in the post office once a week and collect it. There's no shame in that. I don't see it as a, you know, shameful thing. I didn't do it at that, at that time because I was, you know, younger and I had a stupid pride that you have when you're, you know, in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had that but same then, pride as I mentioned I claimed it for three weeks and then I gave up because they only gave me seven euro or pounds it would have been at the time because my father had a good job so I just didn't bother claiming it again yeah and they didn't see you as a you know as a as a candidate but you know in, in my case I would have been entitled to the full thing and I just didn't do it but I would definitely okay do so it that, that's not a bad idea what you just said so if you yeah. lose your job for the first say two months it's paid it's into your bank months, account yeah, yeah. And then after that, if you still haven't got a job and you look like you're going to be a long-termer, well, then you have yeah. to collect it in the post office. Yeah, like, for example, you're in, you know, like, the, the higher you rank in your job, the harder you get the job. Like, if you're a manager or a CEO or whatever, I understand they might need longer to switch between jobs. Although that's not to say my particular position, I'm definitely in a better job than I was, say, five years ago. But if, you know, shop comes to push, I go back to, you know, Roma stays up, Go back to being a bartender. Go back to being a waiter. I used to all of that, like you said, the stepping stone jobs. I done all of that. I work my way up. But if things, you know, go to, you know, go south, I would rather have a job, keep my mind busy, get into. But see, you know, the problem is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do for a living, Mark. Mark, what do you what do you do for a living? What, what's your skill? Um, I well, at the moment, I'm um, an account manager, so I oversee okay. about two hundred customers across okay. Ireland. Okay, so you're a skilled man, okay, when it comes to the economics of a country of a company. Okay, so I mean, you have a skill, but if all, if everything went pear shaped tomorrow and unemployment rose and there wasn't that many jobs, would you be happy enough to serve in a restaurant? Yeah, but, and, but this here's the problem. There are many people out there who won't do that. And I had a guy in the air who was a chef going back about three or four years ago, before the pandemic and everything. And he was a chef and he was unemployed for a year because he couldn't get a job working as a chef. I don't know how because there was plenty of people rang in that day and said they had opportunities. But anyway, and he said he wasn't willing to do anything else because that's what he was trained at. And I said, well, you're not going to get a job with that attitude. You know, you, yeah, and I think I, people, are, people can be fussy sometimes. You do have to have an open mind. I think the older you get, the more, um, I should say, Plus, here, you know, quote unquote, you get regards to what you're willing to do. I'm, I'm aware of that, and you know, 
it's pushing your comfort zone. And going back to that and you think you're, you know, you're not doing so well in life if you're back at that again, I can see that, I understand that. But people, I would I would say, because I spent some time at home, uh, as I said to you, I spent some time at home being unemployed. I had all the time to reflect about it. It's 100% better to have something to do than sit at home. I tell you that much because it drives you nuts. No, 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 I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mark, stay with me for a second there because, Tricia, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Tricia? How you doing? Yeah. Okay, Tricia, in relation to this idea that the Minister has said, as and from, I think it's next week, social welfare payments won't be paid into your banking and you'll have to go back to collecting it at the post office again. And some groups are saying that's humiliating and marginalising people who are unemployed. Would you agree with that? No, as I was saying, oh yeah, well yeah. Okay. I was, as I was saying earlier, um, that I just think, uh, I'm a very private person and I think everyone should have their dignity. And as I was saying, there's too, there's too many people interested in other people's lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And the gossip's going around and the bad mountain and um, the fact that they can use social media and it gets around faster. I just don't like that at all. In, I, in what respect? Give me, an, give me an example of what you mean. Like Mary down the road, look at her, she's claiming a single parent's allowance and she's doing people nails in her house and doing people's hair and everybody yeah, is every, yeah. in everybody else's business, like, is it? I just think something should be private, yeah. Nobody should know you're on the door, really, except the people that pay you, you know? Um, I'm not on the dole, I'm working. But I'm just saying, um, that's what I would like, you know what I mean? But do, so, we not, do we not have some sort of civic duty? You know, like, if we know about Mary or Johnny, who's working, or, and they're claiming the dole at the same time, or they're living with somebody they're not meant to be, and they're claiming a social welfare payment they shouldn't be getting, do we not all have a civic duty to be to have an interest in that and basically I squeal on them? <laughs> It's none of my business what somebody else does. It's up but to it is your, but it is your business. Out, you know? But Trisha, you're paying, you're working, you told me, so you're paying tax. So it is your business because you are paying tax. Yeah, yeah. So your money, no, I, your tax money is going somewhere. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but I just think, oh, uh, if I don't want to go into it all, just some people <laughs> like working more than other people, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, we and know I that. And I know we all to work, you yeah. know? Mm. But some people don't have that drive to get out there and take whatever's there to build themselves up. And I know I know they we all should have that, you know what I mean? But um I can understand how other people will be slowed to whip up a job for a very small wage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, and, and and I can understand how you don't have, you know, the, I suppose the enthusiasm to get out and work when you're getting paid pittance. I, you know, absolutely. I can understand why somebody mightn't have that. Everyone, everyone needs a nudge, I know that. But yeah. some people don't. And I'm not just talking about the people who never walked all their lives. And I understand what that other lady was saying. Mm. But as she was saying, but um, I think some of the people who never walk are never ashamed going in and collecting their dough. Just <laughs> it's fi- the others that walked all their lives, you know. But getting back to the original point, and the point even Mark made, that if you lose your job, you should get it into your bank account for the first, say, four weeks. And then after that, if you haven't got a job, well, then I'm sorry, you have to go to the post office and collect it. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that. I think give people a chance. Now, I don't mean years. <laughs> I just mean give them a chance, you know what I mean? But see, the problem is when you allow people to have it paid into their bank accounts, it does leave the system wide open to fraud. Yeah, and that's up to, that's up to the social welfare to... That's the way of figuring it out. Because yeah, but if social welfare starts you know, hiring officers to look into these things, then you're doubling or tripling your costs to run the social fair system. Whereas yeah, if you bring yeah. the person into the post office, imagine somebody has to hunt down somebody, whether they're in Spain for like a week or two, like a holiday, or they're actually there for the last two months. Or, you know, it's a lot of, you know, push and pull then. You're creating another loophole as well. Like you, you're creating a lot of work for the, 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 the system. 
it's already burdened. It's been burdened for the last two years mm-hmm. to to no end. Now you're creating this, you know, hurdle like, oh, let them check if you know, let them prove that I'm I'm not in Ireland. That's not really fair to anybody that's paying taxes. And, they, I, because I, I, and I know, sorry, I'm running out of time, Mark, and I do apologise, but Trish, I think the point that's being made here clearly is the government have a responsibility and a social responsibility to protect taxpayers' money. And, you know, when you've got Johnny or Mary, you know, who go back to Poland or Spain or wherever it is or wherever they might be from or they're Irish and they're living in those countries and they're claiming a payment over here, that's illegal. And, and yeah. to get it into your bank account makes that just too easy to do. Yeah, well, I'm not pushing for them to do that. I'm just saying that's my opinion, you know what yeah. I mean? So, oh, no, no, that's a... F- yeah, and yeah. you're entitled to your view on it. Absolutely. Listen, thank you very much indeed. I've got to take a quick break. After the break, I'll take a few more calls in relation to this. Is it that humiliating? I know. My uh, wife used to work for a company that was outsourced by the government uh, to check on people that were claiming the doll, and she uh, she said there were loads of people claiming uh, uh, job seekers' allowances that were well able to work, and now she's in recruitment. Uh, and it's the same situation. Uh, so much work out there and just nobody willing to put their hand up to do the job. Um, so I think, yeah, it is a bit easy at the moment to get just uh, the PUPs or job seekers. So people should go in um, and get the money because uh, otherwise uh, it opens up to even more fraudulent activities. Uh, she came across a few people that actually had uh, multiple PPS numbers and were claiming multiple uh, job seekers allowances. Anyway, have a good day. Take care now. Why doesn't that surprise me? No, let me go to Catherine, who knows everything about everything. Catherine, good afternoon <laughs> to you. Hello, how are you now? Well, Catherine, you? I have to say, the other day, after a conversation about Clearies and everything else, now the planning oh, yeah. commission, I said to myself, this woman is a world of knowledge. Not at all. It's only what I read and what I hear and through the media and all that. No, not right. at all. So, <laughs> Just get, get everything up to keep everything, everyone positive. Right. Well, the, well, well let's keep people positive. Today. <laughs> yeah, so the, min- yeah, so the, the Minister for Social Protection wants everybody mm. back in the post office. Now, there's two reasons to stop fraud. And yeah. also to give the post office a bit of business again, because they rely on that business, the social protection. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I have to confess something to you now here, Niall, and all your listeners. I did work at our post for a good few years. Jeez, where oh, have you not worked, Catherine? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did. And I know how it goes. Believe you me, we've seen it all go through the systems. The thing about it is now, I think the big problem here is, and it won't happen, and I know it won't, but there is no cut-off point if people on the dole, I'm talking about able-bodied people now, not people who are, you know, on disability or anything. If you're able-bodied, like they do in Poland and all the rest, if you're on it six months, three months, one month, and then you're off, you would find a job very quickly. Well, they, they do this, what they call job share or job yeah. fair. And in America, I know they do it as well. Mm. So when you lose your job, you get a fair bit of money on the social yeah. protection. And then after six months, it goes down. Yeah. After another six months, it goes down again. And Correct. then it goes down to a basic level of, say, $150, which you yeah. couldn't live on. And they have found that before people get to the lower level, they automatically they get a job. They have a job. Yeah, there's, there's no choice. Of course they do. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the whole thing. There is no cut-off point. And people, you know what I mean, know this. You know, people are on it long enough now. People on it ages. They know the system. They know they're fine. They just trot along with that. It keeps them satisfied. And I'm delighted with myself that it is back on track. Go into the post office. When I'm in the post office, Niall, I don't know about yourself. If you go in now and then, I don't care what Billy and Johnny are doing beside me. I'm going in to do a specific thing that I want to do. I do my business, pay off my bills. I don't care who's beside me. So I don't see what they're talking about, humility and shame. How in the name of God would I know what someone's doing beside me? 
I don't know. They just go in and go to the counter. I don't hear them. But they kind I of feel they, well, they, they kind of feel they're going cap in hand well, to the government looking for money. Yeah, well, well, you are exactly. kind of going cap in hand, really, yeah. aren't you? I suppose. Yeah. Well, well, I suppose they should feel a bit ashamed, as you say. Well, now, no, I looking, know you shouldn't be ashamed of being unemployed. Not at all. But, but you should not, be ashamed if you're not willing to work. Yes, that's my point. As well as that too. I mean, and all I like, I've been up and down George Street there yesterday. And my God, all you can see is some. There's a big hotel. Here I go again. <laughs> the, the new hotel there in Georgia Street, and um, it's going to be a, a primal inn, yeah. and they can't get the staff. No, and there's so many places, but t- yeah, particularly hospitality at the moment, yeah. they just cannot get staff. And, and this yeah. is what I said earlier on about people aged between 18 and 24 years yeah. of age. There's no reason to be unemployed if you're Not 18 to 24. There isn't. Not at all. You're falling over the job, more so now than ever, because all the other people have gone home. Now, there is a big case before the courts at the moment, and it is before the courts. Two guys, non-EU people, unfortunately, running a big scam with the pub, and it's all before the courts. It's gone into the thousands, the scams. Okay, and, oh. and, and, and again, the minister did say it would stop people abroad claiming exactly. social protection. Exactly. But, but, but stay there for a second. I want to go to Patrick yeah. as well, just before I finish this. Up. Patrick, okay. you visited Catherine, she's rock a sense. Uh, <laughs> but, but in saying that, you know, you say it's all well and good for the city people, but what about the rural people? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I come from a rural town in Ireland, um, and I, I see, like, relations of mine, like, there's no bus stops, there's no public transportation on their doorstep to get to a job. So that would mean that they need to buy a car, then insurance is... is Are you looking for excuses for people not to work? Is, is that what you're doing? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just given a reality of the way it is in rural Ireland that insurance prices are so high that people can't even afford to buy cars to go and get work. I know people that would love to work and they can't get to the work. They have to either get their mum or their dad to drive them to work and they do and but with the, we, 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 with the greatest respect, Patrick, you know, a lot of people in the country, not just, by the way, in rural Ireland cities, you know, the first job was a good bit away from them or whatever, and they just had to get up that bit earlier to do it. I'm not saying you have to walk down some sort of old roads or anything like that, and I know how difficult it can be in rural Ireland. But unfortunately, that's the disadvantage of living, uh, you know, if you're disconnected from a town. Uh, by, yeah, by, they didn't have to live there, did they? That's sorry? where they were brought up. Yeah, but, but, but um, what I'm saying Just is... like city people were brought up in, in a city. But, yeah, and it is a disadvantage. I'm not suggesting it's not a disadvantage, but unfortunately, it's a disadvantage we can do nothing about. So you just have to get on with it because we can't so, provide transport to every house in the country. We can't. So, so you're telling me then that, that, that it's okay for an 18-year-old to pay €3,000 a year for car insurance when 99.9% of the people that I find on the roads that are breaking the rules are the older generation people. Well, unfortunately, you, that's your, that may be that's your observations, yeah. but your observations yeah. are not statistically true. I do true. a lot of driving. Yeah, but young people are responsible for most accidents on the road. That's statistically yeah. true. Okay. Yeah, so I, I understand the observations you're making, and they're, you know, that's just your observations, but that, that doesn't make it true. So young people sadly are responsible and young people have always been. But, but this is not a new phenomenon. When I was a young fella, my first car insurance, 35 years ago, by the way, can I point out, or even more actually, I'm 58 now, I was 18 at the time. My first car insurance at 20 years of age when I got my own car was £1,800. It hasn't changed much. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's always been expensive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your opinion. I lived in my first well, that's time... That's not my opinion. That, it was £1,800. That's yeah. a fact, yeah. And then I lived in America and had a V8 engine under me, a massive SUV, and I was saying... This is not America, Patrick. This is Ireland. I know, exactly. It's a smaller population. We have a smaller kitty when it comes to paying airs. 
You know what I mean? That's why I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to get out of here because the country is absolutely up in wars. Like it's just well, there's no, for young. I'm referring, getting back to referring to young people between eighteen and twenty-four. I believe there's no reason in this country currently at the moment for young people to be out. There of is. There is a massive. How old, how old are you, Patrick? I'm thirty-five. Okay. Well, I don't think you fall into that category. And I, I, I don't believe there is because everywhere yeah, I go at the I moment... Know people, I know people that fall into that category who live in rural Ireland. I know people fall into that category and they're just too lazy to get a job. Well, that, and, and that's who you know, and, but I don't know people like that. Okay. All right, Patrick. Thanks very much indeed. Niall, I'm pretty sure our tax money goes to pay the dolls, so it's the person who's paying them is entitled to know. That's me, you, and everybody else that's out there doing a day's work and not sitting at home getting handy free money and you're just too lazy to go out and jo- get a job for the majority of them and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in no position to work and they have to get the dole and that's who it's there for but there's a lot of them in there that are just lazy, lazy, lazy arses and they will not get up and do any work and it's handy to get free money there mm, Not always the case, but of course Hey Niall, um, yeah, no, just on the topic you're talking about as far as I was aware, the reason they were doing it now it could be wrong um, was to cut down on fraud on people like claiming um, multiple payments under set of different names and um, people that are working. I actually, as much as I hate having to go near the post office, I actually think, do you know what, you have to do it. If you have to do it, you have to do it. Um, and I think it can kind of cut down on a lot of the fraud, not all of it, but a lot of it, um, which isn't a bad thing because, like I've always said, and I say it on this, you know, I've said it on your show multiple times, I would love to be able to go out and work. I would absolutely love it. And I've, I've walked up until I had my son. Do you know what I mean? Um, and just with circumstances and not being able to. But then you have people who sit there and absolutely milk it. And they give, they, you know, they ruin it for everyone else who's genuine. You know, and I think, you know, there's always going to be bad eggs. But the more you can get rid of them, like off it, the better. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Hi, Niall. I think it's a great idea because... It's going to keep rural towns, post office open because I know they're after shutting a few already and it's going to keep people in their jobs. So I think it's a great idea and it'll stop people claiming benefits that are working. And then they'll have extra money there to put into people that can't afford their bills and stuff. So I think it's a great idea to to do it. All right, loads of text, by the way, coming to says, Nile in relation to Patrick's uh, synopsis and observations if you live in a if you live in rural Ireland and you can't get a job unfortunately you're going to have to move to a city or a town uh, that's just the way it has been that's the way it's always been and no matter what country in the world he happens to live in he will find the same situation that if he lives in a rural part of the country and he can't get a job he's going to have to go to somewhere where he can get a job yeah that's always kind of been the way uh, somebody says well uh, listening to Niall Boyden show and the 35 year old commenting about living in rural Ireland how his friends can't get work because they're too far out is rubbish my daughter is 16 and in the fi- in fifth year she had a weekend job until Christmas and would get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to catch a bus at 7am to get her job which was 40 kilometres away in Galway if she can do it they can do it she does the same to get to school every day and it costs me 10 euro to get for, for her transportation because we're not on a school bus. Oh, we don't have a school bus, obviously. Uh, but we still do it. I'm a single parent working full-time. No excuses not to work if you're able-bodied. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, 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 sorry, Patrick, but I just think it was excuse after excuse there. You can't just keep making excuses. If you live, you know, up some country road, five kilometres away from your nearest town or six kilometres or whatever it is, and there is no transportation and you can't afford a car and you can't get a lift, which seems like a lot of excuses, by the way. Well, then, unfortunately, you're going to have to move closer to the town. That's just the way it has to be, because that's what people have to do for years. 
People have always had to do it. You can't just use that as an excuse not to get a job, that you can't get to work. Unfortunately, people have to figure out a way to get to work. And when it comes to car insurance, by the way, everybody keeps using this. Oh, car insurance for young people is €2,200 or €2,400. Yeah, it's really expensive. I know that. It's hard to get kids onto the, the property ladder, get them onto the car ladder, if that's what you want to call it, or getting their first car and first insurance until it comes down. But we all dealt with that. And, and, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but we all dealt with it. My first car insurance, I was, whatever, my own car was 20 years of age. I think I was on my dad's insurance between 18 and 21 or something like that. I got my first insurance myself when I was 21. And I'm not going to lie to you, I lied about my age. Because in those days, licenses were different, didn't have your picture on, didn't have your date of birth on. I lied. I told the insurance company I was two years older than I actually was. But either way, my insurance was £1,800 at the time. I told them I was a landscape gardener. I wasn't. I was a DJ in a nightclub. Um, and because they wouldn't insure DJs. They were considered to be high risk, so you wouldn't get insurance. So every DJ I know was a landscape gardener. Anyway, the insurance was £1,800 at the time. This is coming back about whatever it was, 38 years ago. Uh, 1800 quid. So, I mean, when I look at the insurance now for young people, for what? A young person, 21 years of age, probably two and a half grand. It's probably pretty much around the same. It hasn't changed. In fact, compared to the cost of living, it's a lot cheaper than it was for me. So, in saying that things haven't changed, somebody says, get a bike. Yeah, absolutely. If you live outside the town and you need to get a, get a bike or get a motorbike, a moped, that'll be cheaper than a car. I know it's a bit more dangerous. People might like, like that. But get a bike, get a moped. To get, there's some way of getting to a job. Using the excuse there's no way of getting to the job is wrong. You can't use that excuse. Uh, somebody says, Niall, I disagree with you in relation to 18 to 24-year-olds. I wouldn't suggest cutting them off the door. No, I didn't suggest cutting them off the door. I said there was no excuse for them not working is what I said. And I don't believe uh, there should be dole uh, unless you're desperate and have dependents, for example, or in full-time education. Well, you know, well, then you obviously can't get a job. Uh, but if you're 18 to 24, currently at this moment in time, I wouldn't have said this last year because obviously COVID, we would have had a litany of people unemployed. I accept that. But at the moment, hospitality, you know, the restaurants, the bars, all them out there, and the shops, the retail sector are gagging for staff. I know the wages aren't the best. And I did hear during the news they want to put the minimum wage up to 15 quid. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I think it'll just basically boost inflation again or push inflation up even higher. But in saying that, there's loads of jobs. Their minimum wage, is the mi- that's, that's the minimum they can pay. People say, oh, they're going to take advantage of people. The minimum they can pay is the minimum wage, which is 10.50, by law. Anybody pays less than that, take them to court. All right. And I'm looking here. Hi, now, my first car insurance was 2,400. Uh, I'm a learner driver and I'm age 21. Uh, yeah, that's about right. That's what you're going to pay for your first car insurance. Uh, and that's about right. And that's what most people had to pay. And by the way, you you might think that's expensive, but, but in comparison to the cost of living, it's a lot cheaper than it was years ago. It was actually more expensive years ago. Somebody says, I'm saving like mad uh, for my new Polo Volkswagen next January. I'm currently working and saving all my wages because I've set a goal for myself for a new car. Good man. And that's exactly how you have to do it. You have to set the goal. Yeah, because you're not going to be able to run out and just afford it. You just can't do that. You have to get a lift. You have to get use a push bike, whatever it is that everybody does at the start of their career, their start of their life. You don't just run out and expect to be able to afford a car and the insurance. I think Patrick kind of suggested that for younger people. I know he was 35. Uh, but he's moving. He says he doesn't like this country anymore because of that reason. That, you know, you, have to, you could be somewhere where there's no transport. No matter what country you go to in the world, there will be places that will be isolated. That will be more difficult to get employment. That's not just Ireland. Um, let me go to Maria as well. But sorry, Maria, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Maria? Hi, my dear. How are you? Hello, Maria. <laughs> it's been so long. 
Where have you been throughout the COVID? I've been busy. I had no COVID, okay? <laughs> Were you making the linguine again? I have been working and also paying tax to pay those people who do nothing. And I know... And I know many. First of all, I wanted to tell that guy who spoke bad about Ireland, don't you ever cross my way because, you know, oh, you're going to oh. be in trouble. Because you don't know what you're talking about. This is one of the best countries I've ever been, okay? okay? I will never leave and leave it to go back to my own country, okay? Okay. Because that's where you pay tax. Go on, now, Ireland! Up no, Ireland! No, not Ireland. <laughs> this is nothing compared to Italy, I'm telling you, okay? Okay. Now, about people being ashamed to collect the money at the post office, they have to go there, you know. They're not ashamed to ask employers, like, well, I can only work 19 hours a week and the rest you give me cash in hand because, you know, I am on disabled or I am on these other benefits. Every day this story, okay? Yeah, yeah. I had I had my own business back in 2007, and I, I put up a job, uh, you know, yeah. a particular position I had available, and I had very few applications because 2007, like now, you know, there was a lot of jobs out there, but I had very few applications. And I had this girl arrived a half an hour late for the interview. I only picked three people for the interview because there was hardly anybody applied for it. And... She arrived a half an hour late for the interview. She stood outside chewing, chewing gum and smoking. And I, and one of the staff, I said, well, you go out and get her in. So one of the staff went out and said, do you want to go in? You're like a half an hour late. She says, yeah, I'll be in the minute. Right? So she was smoking her brains out. So eventually came in and she sat down and I said, so you're a half an hour late for the interview. She looked like she was dragged through a bush. It looked like she didn't even have a bath that morning. Right? And right. I said, why are you here? She said, can you sign this for me for the social welfare to say I was here looking for a job? I says, I will in me arse sign it. I said, why would you want me to sign that for you? She says, so as I can say I was looking for a job. And I says, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, and that's, I'm that's what you're dealing with, unfortunately. Now, I'm not saying everybody unemployed is like that, because they're not. Some people genuinely want to get a job and genuinely want to work. But there are individuals taking advantage of this. Let me tell you, if you want to get a job in Ireland, you get it. You don't stay unemployed a long time, if you really want to work, okay? Because... There's a lot of offer. You don't work as a carpenter. You can work as a painter. You can work as a, um, you name it, okay? Mm. There are job offers out there. You can work as a cleaner. There's nothing wrong in working as a cleaner, you know, and it's even well paid. So people, most of the time, do not need to be on any welfare. I mean, give it to the ones who really need it. The real disabled people, the real poor people, the ones who cannot really go to work. But I'm telling you, there are many foreigners here who are on benefits from the Irish taxpayer. Oh. You it, know what? Yeah, you know, well, now, look, let, me, let me be clear about this. It's not just foreign people. There are Irish people taking advantage of that system as well, by the way. Yes, yes. I know. Many of those. Says okay. the woman from Italy. Go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know many of those, too. I'm telling you, you know, they come for a job and they're like, well, if you pay me cash in hand, I can do the job. Otherwise, no, I won't do the job. And they go somewhere else. They get the cash in hand. You know, they find the agreement with somebody else and they go on like this, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I understand. I know know you're frustrated, Marie. I'm going to feel the the frustration (laughs) in your voice. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> so you've worked your way through the whole pandemic? Of course. Yeah. We are essential services. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't realise you worked in essential services. There you go. Would you work in health, is it? Well, we work in cleaning, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, that's all you have to tell me. That's fine. Okay. okay. But, uh, you worked your butt off. And now, by the way, they're calling for minimum wage to be increased to 15 euro, by the way, from 10.50. Would you agree with that, by the way? Well, from 10 to 15, that's a big jump. It is a big jump. It's a big jump. And before you deserve 15 an hour, you really need to be good. Yeah. You need to be skilled. You need well, to be yeah. 15, I really... think 15 is a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, but for somebody who's really able to do the job without supervision, without being late, without any excuses, because, oh, today I cannot go to work because my dog is sick, because... Oh, no, I know. <laughs> every... <laughs> yeah. You, you want to know one thing? I mean, one day, one of the cleaners called and said, no, she had somebody else called, pretending she was her mother, and she said, you know, her husband passed away this morning. Yeah. She wasn't even married. She was having a good time in UK. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And look, there are pe- there's no doubt there are people taking advantage of the system. <laughs> Jason Marie, I can talk to you all day. You're a hoot, I have to say. You're mad as a brush. Honey, there's a lot out there. Okay. <laughs> money, you know, when there's Okay, can, can I ask you, before you, before you go, okay, can I, I want to hang on to you for a second. Before we go, in relation to 18 to 24-year-olds, now this has come up in the conversation over the last hour. Uh-huh. At the moment, there is no shortage of jobs for 18 to 24-year-olds who want to work, who are not in full-time education or, and are capable of working. Exactly. Just, okay, so if they don't work, they can collect the dole. Um, do you believe they should be able to collect the dole at that age? To be collected? No, do you believe they should be able to, they should be able to claim the dole between 18 and 24 years of age? Look, when I was that age, I still worked crazy, okay, because, you know, I was the first of a family of six children, you know, my mother didn't work, the only uh, income was my father, and I was like, waking up at six o'clock in the morning, walk four miles, work in a laundry place, and come back at night, still walking the whole way, because there was no bus stop at that time in that place. So, they have to go to work, okay? There yeah. are jobs out there. Okay, well, hold on for a second, because, Mark, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. Mark, you disagree. No, I'm just listening to you. Just be very careful what way you talk about unemployment, about the stigma attached to it. Well, we did we did yeah. point that out at the start of the show in relation to the reason we were talking about it today was because the minister yeah. wants people to yeah. collect their money rather than get it online. And well, and groups believe it stigmatises people, and I'm not going to disagree with that. It, it doesn't stigmatise them now. You know, you, you just have to be fair, you know, for, Okay, wait, okay. Give me, give me the the reasons why you believe that is the case, or what you disagree with with what you heard today so far. I just, I was listening to Michael O'Leary from Rana, the multi, 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 multi millionaire, come on the radio and said that welfare should be cut in half. I just thought, man, I wouldn't agree with that. No. What an absolute monster. Well, no, that is, a, that, is, that is a horrible thing to say because the majority you know, of people claiming welfare are genuine claimants. Absolutely. Of course they are. But, you know, you talk about it uh, and maybe you give the impression that it's widespread. People are going to gain the system. But realise that, you know, people that are left in welfare, most of them are decent people mm-hmm. for a, a number of reasons. 
you know, need help. And, you know, if we can't help the people that are vulnerable, we come help. Do you think we and, do enough to get people, let's say, you know, and there's even when we had full unemployment in 2019, which was the best we've ever had with 6%, right? Yeah, so, of course. Okay, so 6% of people who are not disabled, who are not invalids, who are capable of work, have decided for whatever reason that they can't work or they don't want to work, right? Do you believe uh-huh. there's enough support to get those people to focus those people or to give them motivation to actually get off welfare to get back into the workplace again? Do you think there's enough support uh, for us? Well, I, I, think, I think it's very important. I think it's very important that people, if they can't work, should work. Because it, it, I don't know, it's it just to be unemployed for no other reason than you, you're, you know, I don't know what way I'm talking here. Well, no, 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 I, 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 for no other reason than the state is, I suppose. I, look, we did have a situation, or we do have a situation where sometimes, you know, it's more yeah, beneficial it's so to be on the dole than be on minimum wage. It's so bad for your mental health. No, if absolutely. You work, you know, the state has to help you to get full-time geared for employment. But on the other hand, you know, conversations like this, I don't... I don't know, it just seems to stigmatise people and you seem to be punching down. You, you think, you think having, so So then what way, how do we ever sort anything out, Mark, if we're not allowed to have a conversation about it? Well, first of all, no, 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 I just, no, I absolutely didn't say you can't have a conversation. Of course you need a conversation about it. You need to be very careful. You need to be very careful. What you need to do... But you can't tippy-toe around. I mean, when, when the minister turns around today, or whenever it was yesterday, whatever she said it, that she wants to go back to people collecting money, you know, in the post office because they have to reduce the amount of fraud, you, you can't tippy-toe around that conversation. Well, you've got to ask the minister where... Was it a female, a female minister? Of course, I, yes. Sorry, that, yes. Yeah. yeah, you have to ask her a simple question. Why? Why, you know, people, for a number of reasons, can't leave the house. Where would they be in collecting their benefit? Get them into a big queue like the 1920 soup kitchens? You know what? I mean, she said, and I'm only telling you what she said, Mrs. Minister Heather Humphrey. She said, there are those who try to commit fraud in the system. That's wrong. We have a special investigations unit and we will continue to follow up on all reports we get from the general public and we get from employers to work very closely with the Garda Sheikhan. And she also uh, refers to the amount of people, uh, particularly over the last two years when the payments were being made into bank accounts rather than people collecting it at the post office, that were Uh claiming uh, social welfare whilst not even in the country. Uh, in other words, that was fraud. They they were outside the country, people who had gone back to their own countries, maybe, or people Irish people who were away in Spain or whatever it is. Oh. I don't know. But they were in another country claiming social welfare and she said, we have to ensure this doesn't happen. And that's why she wants person, in-person collections. Certainly, it, uh, you know, if, if people are gaming the system, there has to be, you know, there has to be a fraud course. There's no question about that. You just can't hand out money that the country doesn't have. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean... Because a few people are gaming the system, you have every single person who's on welfare queuing up at a... Oh, well, no, I don't know anybody would suggest that. But what about what we were talking about earlier on? Say, 18 to 24-year-olds or the under 25s uh-huh. who are not uh-huh. in full-time education uh-huh. and who are, who are able-bodied people. Um, uh-huh. And a lot of people are saying at this current juncture, I wouldn't have said this last year, we couldn't have said it last year, you uh-huh. know, the hospitality industry in particular, the retail industry, are quite crying out for people and they can't get them. Well, absolutely. Absolutely, that needs looked into. 
I have never said that you just, you know, sign a blank check. Mm-hmm. The, country, the country just doesn't have that type of money. But I mean, we we spend twenty billion roughly every year on social protection. And that's that's you know almost half of what we take in in taxes. So we ha- we have to be responsible about how we spend you it. To look, you have to look after the vulnerable. And I couldn't agree with you more. And, and those people who are, you know, for genuine reasons, who can't work or are unable to work. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just stay there. Because I'm not disagreeing with you, Mark, by the way. I don't want to disregard what you're saying. Because uh, Mal- Malcolm, you're in Ireland's classic hits. Go ahead, Mar- Malcolm. Are you there, Malcolm? Oh, sorry. So- I, am, I am listening to you, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Malcolm. What do you want to say? Yeah, so perfectly, um, I was I was in this situation, right, for a long time. I had actually, I run a salon myself. A hairdresser's, yeah, salon. A hairdresser's yeah. in swords, yes. And um, I had staff, and I'm finding very hard to find um, staff. Um, I had a staff, actually... He tried to abuse me and he tried all to do all this because it was he wanted actually to sign on the social welfare. Um, I called the social welfare and I told them, listen, this is what's happening and all that. And the girl from the social welfare, she, she, from the social welfare, she said, well, if he wasn't happy, he wasn't happy. And I said, are you not going to kind of um, give him some sort of penalty or something? He said, no. And he signed on the social welfare and everything. So he left, he left a good job to sign on the social welfare? Yes. And, and but, but now, I don't want to get into the personal situation between you and the staff member because I don't know who the staff member is and I don't have his side of the story, but did you not get on with him? Um, well, kind of like he decided not that this is not his job anymore because kind of like, you know... But did you, have, did you have a falling... Was there a, a problem with the two of you? Like, did you not get on with each other or something? I did not to turn up to work and made loads oh. of times. And, oh, okay. but, you know what I mean? He just and, wasn't a good member of staff as far yeah, as you're concerned. and okay. then he took... I had another junior with me and he took her under his wing and then, of course, um, she complained that she had a low mood. And, of course, she decided to go um, into okay. childcare and stuff like that. Okay, so I don't want to go into all the, the circumstances. But the problem you were saying is you can't get staff. No, I can't. So, um, And even when I called the social welfare and um, the office themselves, um, they apparently there is 50 people signed as a hairdresser. And I said, can you please tell me where are these people? Because I had not even one interview. Okay, so there's 50 people in your area who are signed on social welfare who claim that their skill is is hairdressing, but you can't get them. No, no. And then people were emailing me like um, footballers. We had loads of like people walking like in a butcher shop or a carpenter. And I'm like... I'm looking for her dresser. <laughs> you can fix the car, but you can't cut me hair. So, did you did you advertise your job? Um, loads of times, and I just now give a, gave up really because um, my partner he's a hairdresser as well. So it's kind of our own business. So we're running between us. But I'd love to find someone decent, you know, that I can trust. That you could take a day off. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? I can't even go on holiday like myself. Okay, like, so you're looking know. for qualified hairdressers, yes, obviously. Qualified yeah. okay. hairdressers. There is qualified hairdressers out there, but what's happening is now everyone is working from home. Do you know what I mean? Because they're making more money and they don't have to pay tax. Yeah. And they're not paying tax, they're not paying rates. And um, the hairdressing line is going out to the to the to the drain because, like the people, clients are not appreciating 
what actually we like what's where our money is going for do you know like rent mm. rate and, and is it cheaper that. for me I don't want to get into the details but is it cheaper for me if I was a woman because I de- you know primarily there would be your clients you do get yeah. some men obviously unless you're barbers uh, but is it cheaper for a woman to go out and get her colour done you know in, an, in someone's house who's a qualified colourist and hairdryer or stylist than to get it done in your place yeah. is it it's cheaper because obviously they don't have the overheads. Absolutely. Of course it's going to be cheaper because they are trying to gain as much customers as they can. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, but yeah. we've been, okay, we've been talking over the last hour and 15 minutes now in relation to social welfare payments and obviously we're out of the pandemic thankfully at the moment but it seems that way and we're getting back to some level of normality and people can't get, in, you know, workers. Uh, and now the government are saying people have to go and collect their dole in the post office but people are saying oh well I don't know how to do that because it's humiliating Mark you know is on the line and he says well you have to be fair to people but let's not stigmatise people who are out of work does he make a fair point that we're stigmatising people then by suggesting that oh there's loads of jobs out there and people aren't just willing to take them does that stigmatise people that they may have mental health issues for example Yes, absolutely. But there is jobs out there. There I am. I am looking for staff. But people, because of course they're getting the uh, COVID payment, they don't want to move. They're just as happy, happy to down into their couches or whatever and get 250 or whatever is the PPE payment. Do you know what I mean? And then they can't be dealing with distress because everyone apparently is stressed out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There is no kind of dedication anymore for like for their job. They're just happy just to down at home, home. Do you know what I mean? And apparently yeah. these young ones, they are all stressed out. I mean, Mark, you know, Malcolm's on the front line there. He's trying to get staff. He can't. And he's saying, you know, people are, are I suppose, using the excuse... You know, maybe that, you know, it's been two years. And I'm sure there are some people who have mental health difficulties over the last two years uh, due to the lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But he said people are using that excuse and it's handy enough for them just to sit there and take a payment from the government. Yeah, it's just, I don't think... So, well, well, let, let Marcus respond to that. Sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, well, I don't people... think we're in the middle of it now with the greatest respect, Mark. Well, I think a lot of people are still very, very unsure well, do we, do we, do we have to reassure bad. people? Do we? Because we spend two years frightening people. So should the government now be spending a lot of money and promoting and reassuring people that, look, we have to live with COVID and move on from that? Should well, we be doing that? Well, we'll have to look at that. I don't think it's a COVID. Oh, I'm sorry, it's a bit windy there where you are, Mark. It's hard to hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. I think we'll have to listen to this Okay. The pandemic is on its way out. Hopefully, pray God it is. Yeah, hopefully. Back to a more balanced society. Well, well, everywhere is open again, Mark. Yeah, well, you know, there's people that are vulnerable, medically vulnerable, the families are vulnerable. Maybe they're just not ready to go back to work. And you have to appreciate that. But but how how long do you wait or how long do you give people... When society is back open, the economy is back open, and the majority of scientists are saying the same thing. It's, you know, we need to move on now. We need to learn to live with it, as we did with influenza for 100 years, and we need to move on. Uh, how long do you have to wait before you say to people, well, look, you have to go back to work? I think you have to listen to your scientists. Well, I, I, don't think we're, I don't think we're through it. I think, thankfully, we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. And are you, are you uh, back in work, Mark? Are you? Would you be back working yourself? I was, I was medically retired. Oh, like okay. I had a blood glaucoma. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, oh. but I was listening. I, I, I do enjoy your programme. Yeah. 
Okay. No, no, and I, and I, I do get the point that you were making, Mark, in relation to stigmatising people, and I do get the point that you're making in relation to there are individuals out there for whatever reason uh, that they're not ready maybe to go back to work or for whatever reason they feel vulnerable, and I get, no, I get that, I mean, I, and I respect that. Uh, let me go to Lauren. Lauren, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Lauren? Hi, man, how are you? Good. Now, you're a stay-at-home mum, and um, basically you're saying there's not enough supports to reintroduce people back into the workplace again. So how many, how many kids have you got, Lauren? I have three kids. Okay, and, and what age group? One in, school, one in school, he's seven, and I have two little girls at home, and six months and 20 months. Six months and 20 months. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so that's very, um, very young, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't, I'm not looking up to go out and work like I would love to, but there's not, there's no, at the minute, like with COVID and short staff and everything, like there's not enough staff in places, you can't get kicked into any form of crash. Um, and then if I do go to crash then, like, is it even worth my while going out to work if my husband's working? And, you know, it's actually, it's not very easy to do. And like I was saying earlier, um, when they when they first rang me, like, I know a lot of people who have been out of work for two years due to the pandemic, like, then, you know, they've been sent out these these farms, as they to go and do schemes and stuff. But how can you expect someone who's worked in an office for 20 years to go and work as a barista with no training or no help or nothing like you just get thrown into the deep end and I think people don't want to go back to work because of that and so how long have you been out of work Lauren or, 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 um, since I the first child was born no 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 I, I came out when I was pregnant on my 20 month old so about two years I'm not working the last two years like alright okay but I suppose no. people will argue that you know when you've got two very young children uh, yeah. you know it's going to be difficult, you know, because you're going to be, find it difficult. And, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mum or a stay-at-home dad, for that matter, if some, yeah. I know there's some stay-at-home dads as well. It, it is a difficult situation that you have to decide who is the highest earner in the family. And, yes. you know, and then one the other person... Yeah, and one has to stay at home, but unfortunately. But I also don't agree with young, healthy people who have absolutely nothing wrong with them just sitting at home on their own and, and living <laughs> off people's taxes. Think... And I know it's very... I know everything today is a very sensitive subject. You have to be careful with everything you say if you're going to offend someone. But if you're young and healthy and fit and you're eligible to work, you, there's no way you should be sitting at home claiming social welfare. And not, claiming a, not if there's jobs available for you. But, no, get, but no. getting back to your situation, I know somebody in a similar situation to yourself. Now, her children would be quite as young as yours, a little bit older. But I know that, that the Department of Social Welfare were very helpful in, you know, sorting out, uh, you know, retraining in courses and they had a lot of follow-ups to see if they were looking for jobs and helping them to get jobs. And I, I, they, they do do an awful lot to try and help people to get back into the workplace again. But, you know, in relation to, say, the children aspect of it and, and how young they are, I suppose the way they look at it is that's your, you know, you have to deal with that part of it yeah. yourself. That's no, your I understand. You know. And I, I do agree, there is, there is some courses, sometimes they, 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 they can like start it off with times, you can lay it at night, and obviously I know they can only try their best to assist people, but at the same time then, if you have somebody else and you have small kids at home, you should look for childcare, um, at the minute with everything that's going on, there's the less staff inside childcare places, because obviously everything has to be separated out, children the whole, like their kids are in pods and everything, and obviously like my son's in school is seven, like and when he goes out to the yard, he stay within his pod of six children. Like, he cannot mix with other classes or other classrooms because mm-hmm. obviously there's still all this job. Well, ho- classroom. hopefully all that stuff will come to an end very soon, I hope, and that'll help hopefully, the situation. Like, hopefully, yeah. this isn't start for people to go back to normal. Like, But yeah. I do think as well, like when people are at home, like like they've been at work for however long a time, like it is going to be hard for some people to... And did you, in, before, you know, you had, well, I suppose the more recent two children, which was yeah. only in the last two and a half years, uh, you've had the recent two... Did did you? Did, I mean, 
Wait, did you plan it? I, I don't want to be personal, by the way, and ask you personal questions and tell me to feck off oh, if you no want. Worries, All right. no worries. Okay, but did, did you plan it and say yourself and your partner say, well, okay, look, if we have two more kids, this is going to be more difficult because I'm going to have to stay at home and you're going to have to earn more money. And I mean, did, um, did you think no, about all that aspect of it? No, we didn't really have that conversation. Like, but like I'm used to, I've been working since I'm 16, so I don't earn any buck or to work. Like, so okay. I, suppose I, do find, I, I do find it hard to come out of work, but I, I had to because I was sick at the time. Yeah. Um, and now I actually don't mind it as much because I feel like I never have a chance to even sit down and have a cup of coffee. So it, it feels like I'm on my feet all day anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't have the time to work even if I wanted. No, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. Minding, t- you know, two young children particularly oh, yeah. is a full-time well, job. It wasn't, yeah. really, it wasn't really planned out. It was just kind of at, at the end of the day, like I just was going to stay at home and he was going to work. Yeah. Yeah, and and do you miss work? Yeah, you miss being out working. And... Um, I miss the social side of things, but I I, yeah. I enjoy staying at home. My kids feel like I don't. I I miss. I know. Yeah, of, um, it's, it's difficult not having the adult company, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's the social. It's the social side of work, and I'd miss more. Like yeah. that's why I can't understand when there is, uh, like, facing healthy and young people there that have been offered jobs that would rather sit at home because the social oh, I know, side I know. Would mentally as well. Like, and what do you do, by the way? What do you What are you skilled at? What were you working at? I was a hairdresser, a healthcare assistant in SNA. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be people crying out for you there if they could get you. I suppose yeah. from your point of view, what you need to figure out is how you're going to be able to afford to do it and get the kids looked after as well. Is there somebody maybe close to you that, that would look after or could, you know, for a, a, maybe a smaller... Yeah, they're group? all working at the minute, so I'm all in right. no rush now. Like, I'm in yeah. no rush at the minute, but... Hopefully well, look, I wish you well, and I and I hope, you, Lauren, you can guess, and I hope, I, I, I mean, I do believe the Department of Social Protection are trying their best. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, it's not a perfect system. There's no system that's perfect. No, but I know right. they're trying their best to help people like yourself who want to get back out into the workplace, particularly women who want to get back out into the workplace to be retrained or to whatever it is you want to do to help you and assist you to do that. I do believe they're there to try and help and maybe give them a call. I think they do want to help people. If you can help them to help you, I think I think it would work well. But I know when they're very young like that, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, but look, I wish you well, Lauren, and I hope you, you get what you want to do because, of course, we all need our sanity as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, Nate. All right, Lauren, thanks very much Bye. indeed. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.